We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday march 29th 2022 welcome everybody this is the season finale if you will of the pack a day podcast between the three of us here i liken it to like a band farewell tour uh, we're, we're taking our farewell tour today, but you know, full well that we're going to be back when one of us is broke and, and needs more money or something of that sort, but a little transition here during draft season as we'll be doing some different stuff. And by we, I basically mean me, uh, but I am here tonight. I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I am joined as always by Jacob Morley, who I feel like I spend most of my weeks with Jake. How are we hanging? Uh, good, man. Uh, yeah. We see each other a lot these days. That is correct. And somebody who I see less of, but you know, that's okay. Uh, Cause it's always special <laughs> when, when he's around, that is Ross Uggleman. Ross, I gotta know the biggest game in the history of the Duke, North Carolina rivalry will be this weekend. How are we feeling about that? I mean, all the pressures on Duke. True. You know, I, I it's, he's right. If you think about that as a Duke player right now, like, what is Coach K's legacy if we lose this game after losing in Durham like that? The, Carolina's an eight seed. I mean, look, it's going to suck if K wins, and especially if they win the whole thing. Which but, man, if, uh, if North Carolina finds a way to win that game, you're not going to be telling me, tell me nothing, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ever. And if they oh, lose? Man. Uh, if they lose, I can still make fun of him telling everybody to be quiet after getting blown out at home in front of 90 ex-players. I think my favorite <laughs> Coach K moment from this season is the the Be video quiet. the video that they tweeted unacceptable um, unacceptable <laughs> was the the video that they made where he says we don't hang anything other than championship banners at Duke and yeah. then it cuts right away to a freaking Coach banner K banner of him, <laughs> which is like, yeah it's like I think you said it Ross like is there anybody less self aware than this freaking guy. Maybe, I, who knows? He's he's one of the best ever, and I understand all that. But God, he's annoying, and they're going to win another <laughs> title, and it's going to be even more annoying because they're they're winning the title. I, I said that in like November. There's nothing that makes more sense to me than than Duke winning a title in Cage final season. But that's not why you guys are here. I've talked college basketball literally every day since I've been on these videos. We're here to talk football. The NFL annual meetings 
are taking place right now. Uh, so Andy Reid's Hawaiian shirt has made its its debut in all of its glory. Of course, Matt LaFleur then, uh, I don't remember the name of the brand, but somebody said he was really brand loyal to whatever that was. I don't That was remember. Matthew. It's a golf brand. There you go. That's why. I mean, I barely know that Nike is a thing. So there's <laughs> there's my level of brand awareness for everybody. Um, but then you've got the general managers, and Brian Gutekunst did speak today uh, to the some of the reporters, and he had a 20-minute session with some of the beat guys. And some things that came through there, obviously a lot of focus on the Devontae Adams transaction. Somebody asked him, you know, why didn't you, you know, take the same stance with him that you did with Aaron Rodgers? We're like, we're not trading you. Try and see what happens. Gutekunst basically said they didn't want a $20 million cap bomb hanging over their, over their roster to the point where they would have had to let guys like Rasul Douglas and people of that nature go. Uh, so they thought this was in the best interest of the team said he's going to be able to potentially soften that blow with four picks in the top 60, which might be a smoke screen for, you know, or a tell some foreshadowing for picking a receiver somewhat early in this year's draft. But we've talked a lot about Devontae Adams. We've talked a lot about receivers over the last couple of weeks. One of the other things they talked about, which we thought was interesting was the re-signing of Rasul Douglas. So now everybody knows it's Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander. And that's a group of corners that we never really Got to see last year. Alexander played in the wild card round, didn't play a lot of snaps. Douglas and Stokes started together. So they never really had to answer the question of if all three of those guys are healthy, who plays the slot? Now, Gudekunt said today that he thought that all three of those guys could play the slot. Ross, what is your take on Gudekunt saying he thought all three of those guys could play the slot corner position? I think it's a little wishful thinking. Um, you know, Jake said Jake Morley. God, I hate that you're both named Jake. Um, you know, Jake mentioned like in the pre-show how he, Eric Stokes change of direction was better um, than he anticipated. And I think, you know, the top of the route is really where people were posting clips after they took him of where he might struggle uh, things from Georgia, like where people were concerned. And I think if you have COD questions, like you definitely don't want the guy you're guarding to have a two way go. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously slot receiver, he's got room to the to to the inside to make a break, and he's got room to the outside to make a break, certainly more than somebody who's lining up on the numbers or even outside that. So the two-way go is, I think, the the worrisome thing for um for, for Stokes and certainly for Sewell. I mean, Sewell, that's that's what he doesn't do well is the short area quickness, the agility, stuff like that. If you want him on the outside playing a long zone or sitting in a cover two, you want him playing in the ball. You really want Sewell moving a straight line, kind of back and forth, jumping routes, uh, running, and, and he can run, and, and, and running with you know receivers going long in a cover four or something like that, uh, a cover three situation, although the Packers don't play a bunch of, you know, very much single high anymore. So um, I, I don't agree, <laughs> I guess, is, is, is what I'm trying to say. I think, uh, you know, your better slot options on the roster that aren't Sewell or Stokes is, is definitely Jair because there's nothing, and, and that's what what Goody said is that there's nothing that Jock can't do. Um, so Jair, uh, Darnell Savage played some, some, some nickel and some dime at Maryland. I think he's a very reasonable slot option. And, uh, you know, Shamar John Charles, I think is a guy that, you know, doesn't have a ton of long speed, but showed the ability to um, move in, in the short area a little bit at, at uh, Appalachian state. So that those are, I think kind of more your inside options now that, uh, you know, Kevin King is in the wind and Chandon Sullivan plays for the Minnesota Vikings. 
which surprise, surprise, another former Green Bay Packer going to play for the Minnesota Vikings. No, it's death taxes and Packers going to play for the Vikings thing. Jake, he mentioned uh, Darnell Savage potentially moving down. That's a popular thought process, uh, but I know like when that draft came out, that's something you and I were high on and we had kind of liked him in that sort of role that we're talking about here. So talk to me about Darnell Savage in that star slot type position and just what he could bring to the table and, you know, what the Packers then would in turn need to do to replace him in his current role. Well, I think there is, you know, there's a little bit of a split on, you know, can Darnell Savage, you know, kind of drop down into the slot and be able to handle some of those responsibilities. And I think, you know, it's been a mixed bag in the NFL since he's, since he's been in the NFL, when you kind of look at him um, in man coverage but go back to the tape at Maryland. That's where he played. Like he was drafted as a safety, but he played, he was basically a nickel at Maryland. And one thing that he does really well is he, he makes explosive plays from the slot or he did, you know, when he was in college. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to get at when you have a guy like in the NFL drop. too, Jake, like not to cut you off, but like when he's no, he done does stuff like that, like the latter half of the 2020 season, I can just think of, you know, doing some stuff like he did against the Tennessee Titans, not quite a slot defender, but an overhang type defender mm-hmm. or a third and one run stop against Chicago in the, in the season finale that you're like, there are things that they were asking him to do more of at the end of the 2020 season. So we've seen it in the NFL. Yeah. So just and- to, here's some nerd stats for you guys. I've got pro football focus pull, pulled up here for PFF college. So in 2018, uh, Darnell Savage had two, 242 snaps as a box safety 332 snaps as a slot corner and just 89 snaps as a free safety that Mm -hmm. was at maryland his last year the year before that 167 snaps as a box safety 337 snaps as a slot corner but 351 snaps as a free safety so it was really his junior year uh where he did a ton of work from free safety position as he got older, they really moved him towards the line of scrimmage to create more mm-hmm. havoc. And, and that's where, like I said, you see the heavy, heavy snap counts as either an overhang defender or as a true slot guy, um, very, very sparingly used as a safety, um, as a senior. Well, and that's what's so interesting about him, too, with and, and interesting with the way that the Packers strategy with drafting defensive backs is sometimes because they took a guy and kind of put him in a position that, he wasn't necessarily, you're not not like bad at, but he just was. That's not where he excelled. He was like similar with Josh Jackson when they drafted him and tried to play him in the slot. That was a head scratcher. It's like, well, why are we doing this? And it, it and a little bit is the same with Darnell because when you've seen him make his plays and when you have and when we have seen him be the most successful, it is when he's closer to the line of scrimmage. And the the pushback that you'll get on Savage is, well, he will get beat. He'll get beat sometimes in coverage, but the for one, the Packers run a cover two, right? We're talking about this. So he's not really going to be just covering a guy one-on-one. And two, it's not just about covering in the slot, right? Like that is obviously a, a big, a big portion. But when you play him in the slot, I mean, look at all the stuff that Charles Woodson was able to do once he moved to the slot. And I am not comparing Darnell Savage to Charles Woodson, but he could be more impactful than anyone they've had in that position the last few years um, in the run game. Uh, as a blitzer with his ball skills in that area. 
Um, him in that role to me is exciting. Yes, he may give up some plays in the slot, but I think he's going to more than make his fair share of plays in the slot as well. And the thing that scares me about Darnell Savage is you see the talent. It, it is it is so abundantly clear that he is an extremely talented kid. And the way the Packers have kind of gone about developing their defensive backs in the past, we've seen guys like Micah Hyde go to another team, play in a different spot, become an all-pro. We've seen Casey Hayward leave Green Bay, really just stay healthy is what he did, but still become an all-pro. And if Savage is not with back with the Packers, my fear would be is is another team going to play him in a spot that he that is more advantageous to him? And then are we going to have to sit back as Packers fans and go, shoot, why didn't we? Why didn't they do that? You know, here in Green Bay. And so that I think is a really great option. What I I, I feel is a great option. I would love to see Darnell Savage in this in the slot and in that star position. Um, I think like we like Ross already talked about. I would be curious to see Stokes play in the slot. I think that may not be the best usage of his ability because he does have that easy speed that you love to have on the outside. But man, like Ross said, like the one really big thing that you had concerns with, with him coming out of Georgia was like, man, this guy really doesn't change directions that well. He doesn't flip his hips and run that well. I think I thought he did a great job with that last year as a rookie. Like I was very pleasantly surprised with that. And you know, I think if you would ask Rasul to play in that spot, it would 100% be Goody leaning on the fact that they do run heavy cover too. And he is an instinctive guy and a long instinctive guy. Like maybe he can kind of make his hay doing that. Um, Not something I would want to do, but all of us are going to agree that the GM agrees. Jair is the best slot option that they currently have on the team. Uh, There's been like a weird, uh, thing brought up a lot like about his shoulder right like some people still think his shoulder is not healthy and fellas if if we get into training camp and Jair's shoulder is still bugging him like sound the alarm that's that's not good you know like I and let me just state I don't think that's real I think his shoulder's fine right now I think he's 100% healthy I would have no issue playing him in the slot wondering if his shoulder is going to hold up or not um but it if it still is hurt, that's not good. But um, Jair, I think, is, yeah, their best slot slot option. And then there's obviously guys in this year's draft class that uh, we could probably talk about that would be able to come in and kind of fill that role as well. With spring break approaching, the sun is coming out, everyone is looking for a partner to impress. There are a lot of things your partner could like. Some prefer tall guys, some prefer big butts. But no one prefers their men with smelly, unkempt nuts. That's why our friends at Manscaped developed their improved Lawnmower 4.0 to keep the weeds out of your crotch garden. Before you head out on your spring trip, make sure you're groomed from ball to tip. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer, it will change the way you approach your entire grooming routine. The fourth generation trimmer features advanced skin safe technology to reduce grooming accidents. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags around the boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, 
an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED light on and off. This trimmer is waterproof. You can trim in the shower, not have to worry about any of the embarrassing cleanup afterwards. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the perfect combo to keep the beach balls dry and smelling good for even the most intense spring break dance parties. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. Get rid of those pesky nose and ear hair. Get ready to smell those flowers bloom in the spring. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary blade dual system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology and helps prevent all of those nicks and tugs around those sensitive nose area. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Manscaped for when you want to be caught with your pants around your ankles. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So there's two things I learned in there. Uh, number one is that uh, Darnell Savage might be playing out of position. And number two is that he's the next Charles Woodson. I'm pretty sure Jake Morley said that. So go ahead and quote yeah. tweet those for your next thing. So you talked about replacing him in his new role. Uh, there are some guys, one guy that some interesting news came about today, and it's a guy that, I, I mean, I've watched him play, but I haven't put a ton of thought into just because I assumed Kyle Hamilton was going to be a top five, top 10 kind of pick. And Matt Miller was reporting today that he ran slower at his pro day and in the four sevens than he did at the combine. Low four sevens, low four sevens. Then a four, five, nine, which is what he ran at the combine. So this is like the ultimate, maybe not the ultimate, but one of the bigger tests of like tape versus testing because Hamilton prior to testing, there were people calling him the best player in this class. Mm-hmm. Like over Aiden Hutchinson, over you know Kayvon Thibodeau, Ross Uglum's raising his hand, so he was one of them. 
So Ross, let me kick to you here then. What does this change, if anything, as far as Kyle Hamilton and does, I mean, I don't want to have you predict, can he fall to 22, but like how far could this fall be? <laughs> so, so for me, it was pretty marginal. It moved him from one to five, um, you know, not a huge deal. Uh, but ultimately, you know, for me, the four, five, nine wasn't disqualifying. People start calling that a fast track. Like, okay. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it, it just takes that Nick Collins thing out of his tool set. And, and look, his tool set is still like, I think he's a top five player overall. If he were taken by the Packers at 22, I would, there'd be no pants. So I'm like, I'm still very much a Kyle Hamilton fan. It's just that one thing, and he's done it a ton on film against college players and college quarterbacks with college arm strength and, and whatever. But, like, just that – it's so valuable. And, then again, like I said, Packers don't play a ton of single high. It is so valuable, especially against teams that like to spread you out, to be able to engage that extra defender around the line of scrimmage instead of really having that four high look. You have a three high look with – with eight kind of around instead of a four high look with seven kind of around. It's just a numbers game. And the ability to have that one guy really playing center field, like an Earl Thomas, like what we all thought, or what I certainly thought Malik hooker was going to be, and just ha has not been um, having that player is so changing to your defense. It allows you to do so many things. And that's just like the one thing that I think got taken away from, Kyle Hamilton at the pro level, if he really is a four, seven guy, because no matter how good your vision is, no matter how good your instincts are, sometimes you just got to tuck tail and bust ass and not get beat for a 70 yard touchdown. And that is concerning to me. Um, I still think he's a great player. I think he's got pro bowls in his future as a top five pick. I I'm not throwing even all pro out of the question. Um, but he's like, he's not Derwin James then, you know what I mean? I mean, and, and it's not that Derwin plays center field cause he doesn't. But Derwin, it was like you saw all this stuff, plus he's an alien. And mm -hmm. and 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 Hamilton is just instead of being an alien, it's just a very good athlete because you know, we talk about relative athletic score. I want I want people to understand Hamilton is not a bad athlete just because he didn't run awesome. This guy has a nine two eight RAS. He is more athletic than ninety-two percent of the of the, 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 the safeties in, in front of him. And it's because he ran or he has a 38 inch vertical and a 10 foot, 11 inch broad. This is a very explosive athlete. He's also a, a reasonably agile athlete with a sub seven, three cone. He's not a blazer. And, and, and that's fine. You, like I said, most good players have one elite athletic trait and he does his enormous size and his explosive ability. Yeah, yeah, I think have that and then we'll change. Go, go ahead. Is I think I think the concern though is like safety is probably kind of a devalued position to an extent. And here you have this kid that you thought was that size, but also the entire package. And now so the question is, well, he is that size. We love his tape, but he isn't the entire package. So then where does that leave you with? But but also it is the tape versus versus the the track because I almost gear I guarantee you that every scouting report that you will read about Kyle Hamilton will mention his range. 
because that shows up in yeah. throws on tape. I mean, the dude is playing sideline to sideline. And I think some of that is you can get away with being a four or six athlete if you if if like your route identification is that good. And I believe that it is. If you are already one and a half steps into where you where the route concept is leading you and you're correct, like he is often, it doesn't matter. Uh, Ed Reed. Ed Reed was a mid four or fives guy. One of the best ball hawking safeties we've ever the seen. The best safety in the history of the sport. Uh, Marcus Williams just got paid, paid, paid. Four, five, seven, 40 is what he ran. So like you can get away with it, but I do, I do understand why teams might be like, well, I don't want to take him at four. You know, if, if he's not going to be that four, four guy at that size, I don't want to take him at four. I, I kind of see where teams might be like, well, we're not comfortable taking him in the top 10 because he's a safety. And if that's the case, I just, I don't get why anyone would want to take him before 21, you know, and let him <laughs> fall to 22. Oh, that feels like an ulterior motive in that particular case. So oh, there's man, that. Would, there's the. I, yeah, I would be doing, I'd be running through the streets of Kyle. I mean, and what a shocker that would be, but fellas, does it not happen every year? Every Remember year. Miles Jack? Remember Miles Jack? No way. No way yeah, he's no he's way. there for the Packers. And then they passed on him. And then they passed on him. You know, and they took I will and, say this, and they I were don't... correct. They took Kenny Clark over him and they yeah. were right. And I'll say this, like about the Miles Jack thing, that what just the differentiation is simply they I mean, they do. I don't think enough people understand that both Amos and Savage aren't under contract after this season. But as far as just the way people look at the depth chart right now, they see two decent starters and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Miles Jack, they didn't have a Mike linebacker. They didn't have one. So people were freaking out because they're like, this guy is a top six talent at our worst position and we can take him. And then they didn't and people lost their minds. And Kenny's really good. So God bless Kenny Clark they and took, Ted Thompson. They took, 13, remained... they took 13-year-old Kenny Clark instead. <laughs> and that was like – I think that was Ted's final gift to the Packers, if memory yeah. serves. I can't remember if he had another good first-rounder after that. But, um, yeah, so the Hamilton thing is interesting. And, Ross, you talked about it. They you know, they see two decent starters. Well, the Packers play three safeties a lot. And it's kind yeah. of the same thing that I've talked about with Edge. Is like they see two decent starters, but it's like – their first round pick at 22 very easily could be a pass rusher for the same reasons we're talking about with them taking a safety because they play three safeties. Well, you need three or four good pass rushers at a time as well. So I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out for Hamilton specifically right now. If I was betting, I would be betting that he gets picked after 10, but who knows? There's a lot that can happen between now uh, and the draft is actually one month from as we're recording right now. So, you know, 30 ish days from now, uh, away from the draft let's go to our final segment we're talking about some real interesting stuff tonight guys the biggest nugget that jake morley took away from brian gutekunst's press conference today was the punter and less so about the punting but the holding and gutekunst essentially and i'm paraphrasing here and morley you can give me a better like view of what he said but essentially said Corey Bajorquez is not the punter in Green Bay anymore because he was a crappy holder, and that's kind of what they're attributing a decent amount of Mason Crosby's struggles to from a season ago. So what was your take on that, Jake? Yeah. I mean, he didn't deny it. You know, they. I don't, I don't know exactly what he said, but someone brought up the holding, and he said that, you know, quote, unquote, something like, 
that that has something to do with it. You know, and I remember when Bojo was brought in and that was the big knock on him. Even you ask any Buffalo fan, like he was a terrible holder, terrible holder. And a lot of times people, people love to point out the special teams blowing the game against San Francisco and they're right. But they fail to mention that if he, if Bojo, I can't even, I mean, I can't even say his last name and I won't learn how. But if Bojo could have just held, gotten the hold down for Mason Crosby and he could have made that kick instead of muffing it, you know, or, or sitting on it, whatever he did. And mind you, after the big Aaron Jones completion, didn't get any points out of that because of a muffed snap punt hold. That's why he's not, that's why he's not a Packer. And I think it has more to do with that as well, because I think you go back to why was Mason struggling this season? That's probably why. And and Goody brought up the fact that O'Donnell is a really good holder. Like he brought that up. Like, hey, we like the way this guy kicks. He's a great directional kicker. He's used to kicking in this weather. Oh, and by the way, he's an excellent holder. Yeah, there that's go. got something to do with it, I'm sure. And here's the other thing, just to point out. Packer fans over the years have become enamored with punters that have turned out to like they almost like turned a blind <laughs> eye to him struggling. You know, J.K. Scott was the weapon for so long, and he never really was. It was that one, one punt in Chicago, the game they won 10-3. to three. And, and that he was, got a free pass really, for a long time after that. And Bojo was basically not J.K. Scott earlier in the season, and to the point where like his stretch once the weather turned cold, was he was not good either. Yeah, And I think but that had something to I do with it too. His, his stretch before that, though, was historically good in Green Bay. Like He was yeah. bombing balls. Yep. But, dude, yeah, when the weather cold in Green Bay, you got to be a certain type of dude to still be able to kick that thing. And, and that's a, the thing, an too. Rate. Because I've heard people – I think, like, O'Donnell is basically, like, league average, or 20th, like, yeah. slightly below league average. But he's he's consistent, and he kicks it the same way when it gets cold. And that's – honestly, I think the Packers are kind of like, if you can just guarantee us that this guy will be the 18th best punter in the league and that – 13 teams will have worse guys and it's fine if we don't have the best one like that, whatever. But if you can just guarantee me that this guy doesn't kick it 28 goddamn yards in a very big spot in the cold weather, we'll take it. And and that's, yeah. I think where they're at. And that's what I talked about with the Bisaccia hire the first place. Everybody's like, well, he's average. Like all his teams rank between 13th and 18th in and this is how we should be responding to that. <laughs> exactly. Like, bring the average. I mean, they're the super they're they are the world champions if their special teams was the 14th best unit in the year in, in the league last year. The world champions, 14 time world champions, not 13, 14 time. If Rich Basaccia was on staff last year and delivered them the one above or one below league average special teams unit. Here's here's the hot take. If the Packers have – it's Pat O'Donnell, right? Yeah. If the Packers have Pat O'Donnell on the roster against San Francisco instead of Devontae Adams, oh. they're Super Bowl champions. No, no. Yep. Yep. No. What? No. Yep. Shut up. Because Shut if, up. Pat, if they can get the kick down – Devontae didn't really do much in that game. What Devontae about had 10 Devontae catches. Get him there. 
Yeah, he had hey, 10 catches. I just said that game. About. I didn't say the season. I said that game. He had 10 catches for 100 yards in a game, Jake. Did he? Just oh. a shade under both. But what? Are you, I don't remember that. Are you on drugs? I blocked that game out, guys. Well, then don't, don't bring me – if you block the that, game out, don't bring me takes. And it's also a punter. Like, who cares? Nope. It's a punter. <laughs> nope. I'm going to bring you takes. That's what I do. That's nine takes, catches, Ross. 90 yards. Nine catches. All right, so Jake Morley's been fired for saying and a punter Jake, was West, more important. Westendorf's a liar. He said 10 catches for 100 yards. If he would have had 10 catches for 100 yards, they'd probably win that game. Well, how many catches did he have? Nine for 90. Oh, oh, okay. So, excuse me. One more catch for 10 more yards. Could have yeah, been the difference. Right. Could have been the difference, fellas. I sincerely doubt that but that's beside the point no they do not win if they have pat o'donnell instead of, if they don't have Devonte adams and this is a completely separate discussion because i know there's a faction of packers fans that basically think the offense could go in next year as is without yeah. Devonte, and everything's going to be fine because this magical system that just makes people and players better that's a pile of crap you still need players mm-hmm. to play well i'm telling you jake you're shaking your head at me that is how chip kelly partially <laughs> lazard got baby kelly. lazard 120 is, catches, 1,800 yards. Let's do no it. No chance in hell. That is partially how Chip <laughs> Kelly got fired in Philadelphia because he got rid of all the good players and said, my scheme is better than yours and we'll win no matter who that is. Doesn't work that way. You need the players. You need the players. We're out of time. I've had enough of Jake Morley's crappy takes about punters, so I'm quitting. I will be on a different show hosting with different people. Uh, I am hosting Wednesday's shows now with Owen Reese and Russell Brown. Excited to reunite. With those guys, you guys will have to deal with Morley and Uglum on their own for a couple of weeks. Once the draft is over and there's a lot less to talk about, we will be back together talking through that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westerf. I will be here one more time tomorrow on the video with Paul Brettel uh, talking some whatever it is we decide to talk about between now and then. You can find Ross over here. And he is at Ross Uglum. You can find him over at Packer Report, the publisher. Maybe I'll be able to get him to talk into uh, one of them sweet little pullovers or something for me since he said that, you know, there's only one, one of one, but I don't know if I buy that or just not yet. (laughs) Um, And then Jake Morley, of course, you can catch him with me on the Gold Zone every Wednesday over at Game On Wisconsin. He'll be hosting with Ross here on the Mondays between now and then. And go ahead and get yourself the Cheesehead TV draft guide and the Green Bay draft guide. I think 25 combined dollars for the two of them. So all three of us are combined with uh, one of those in one way, shape or form. So check those out, get those going until next time. uh, The Packers, it'll be April. The next time you listen to one of us talk on one of these shows. So that'll be fun. April's draft month. uh, And it's time to kind of get rolling on that. So thanks for listening guys. We'll see you again uh, next time around and go pack, go. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 